T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. By the way, uh, if you heard that open, Maggie... I was watching college football game day yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. And guess yeah. who dropped a natty? Everybody, because everyone still says it. Yeah, but mainly Pat McAfee was using it like it was going out of style. <laughs> and he's the hottest thing in sports media right now. So I think that's good. Although, no, no one's a chip. I, that's, a, that's a road too far for me. I do not want to start talking about chips. Chip versus the ship? Oh, man. The you want ship? to start a... People say the ship for championship? I didn't know. I never that. thought that was a thing. I always thought it was called winning the chip, but people do call it the ship, like the championship. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So I still, Natty, just something about it is not working. Get for on me, board, but... Perloff. You got to just let it go. It's, it's not like calling something the bomb. You can call it the Natty. This is, it's been approved by me and Pat McAfee. What more do you need? <laughs> okay, fine. Then I can't wait to see who wins the natty between uh, Georgia and TCU. Why not the natty? I know. I think I think it's TCU's year for the natty. You know. I mean, listen. There's still. I don't know how much the line has moved from yesterday, if at all. Opened at thirteen and a half. But doesn't it just feel like if you're going team of destiny, if you want to play that game, doesn't it feel like TCU can lay a claim here? I mean. All the twists and turns of the season. Max Duggan getting benched earlier in the year wins the job back. I mean, they go through the se- the regular season undefeated, lose that crazy Big 12 championship game. Insane, but they almost like showed their toughness and metal even in a loss. They get into the to the college football playoff, upset Michigan. Like this is well, like yeah, but, things that movies are made of. But you're assuming there's any logic to college football and. <laughs> Did you watch those games? There was nothing logical about any of them, including the fact there was a targeting at the end of that game. I was, wow. I was reading some interesting things. Ohio State did not have their NFL-level running back. They did not have their NFL-level number one receiver. Their number two receiver got hurt. And somehow they completely outplayed Georgia, who is the defending national champion and has nothing but studs. <laughs> so what does that mean? Ohio And Ohio State has not a single defensive player who could make the Georgia defense. So there is, there's nothing. I mean, the, Ohio State's back four, back five, was one of the worst I've ever seen in my entire life. So it, it, nothing makes sense, Maggie. Yeah, that's a great movie script. But I don't know if college football is going to follow a movie script. It's going to come down to some poor kicker who's going to miss the field goal by <laughs> 73 yards. You know, I know college kickers are, you know, better than they used to be. And and kickers in general are just better than they used to be. Like when we were watching football growing up, if a guy had to make a 40-yarder, you were basically like saying prayers, you know, Hail Marys and stuff. But asking college football kickers to hit 50-yarders in these big games, 
like Alabama uh, against Tennessee, what we saw Ohio State as the clock is striking midnight on the East Coast. Dude missed the field goal by by a field by by a football field. I mean, he wasn't even close. We got to stop doing that. And I know that it's a desperation last second what are you going to do? But you're setting your kicker up to be in a terrible position. Yeah, but Alabama had the best kicker in the – Will Richard, the best – I think I'm pronouncing it right. I'm probably saying it wrong. But he's really good. I mean, I think he's going to get drafted. You expect them – why are college kickers catching up with NFL kickers? NFL kickers anywhere underneath 73 yards are money now. So I expect more out of college kickers. And you're right. I feel terrible piling on the Ohio State kid. But come uh, on, I could have kicked that ball. No, you couldn't have. You definitely, you wouldn't have even made it out to midfield. <laughs> There's no what? chance, bro. You, ever, you would have, have you, melted in a puddle. Have you ever kicked field goals, by the way? I have. It's, a, it's extremely yeah. difficult. I, my range is about the four-yard line. After that, <laughs> after that, I better really get hold of one. They're really tough. But, Can I tell you, I tried it for the first time at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Yep, I've done it there. They, yep. Is that what you do? So at the College Football Hall of Fame, you can do it at the NFL Experience. There's a, a lot of, you know, just your local whatever field. But the pro- the hardest part for me, because I didn't play soccer at a high level or anything, is getting the ball, like, off the ground. I couldn't, like, get the ball even to the crossbar, let alone it just kept skipping on the on the turf. It was embarrassing. <laughs> okay, that does not sound promising. <laughs> well, it you could probably not. be a kicker in college football the way it's going right <laughs> no, now. I could. And meanwhile, not just the kickers too. Just a quick aside, you know the punters too. We we talked about the Bucks game yesterday. Oh wow, crazy Carolina Panthers in the in the finish. We forgot to talk about the punter who basically saved the game for Tom Brady and the Bucks. If he doesn't get that punt off on the outside of his right foot. That ends up getting flagged anyway. They have to repunt. He hands the ball to the Carolina Panthers basically at the 50. Now, I'm no Sam Darnold fan, but I think Sam Darnold would have been able to get him 35 yards to get into an easy field goal. Unbelievable. And it was, you know, this new style in college football where the punters run four steps to, to the right and then kick it. It's uh, yeah. the Aussie style. Uh, yeah. I was uh, home on Thanksgiving watching football with my dad, Tom Perloff. He yeah. nothing had ever made him more mad than watching the punters run four <laughs> yards to the right, and because they come so close to the defense, I do not understand it at all. But I think the new wave of punters are used to kicking on the move, and you're right, some random Bucks punter saving Tom Brady's final season uh, is it? is pretty unbelievable. It was, and this, the fact that that was the Bucks play of the year is a very very sad <laughs> statement. Very yeah, sad for have- Tom Brady. Yeah, when you have the greatest quarterback of all time and that's the play of the year that saved the season, you're right. That's quite an indictment. Um, Okay, let's get to some other football stuff here beyond as we're keeping everyone updated on the very latest about DeMar Hamlin. We have obviously not forgotten about that story. And as news comes in, we will give it to you. Uh, We're being told that there is going to be a candlelight vigil tonight around 8.55 outside of the hospital. Fans have already started to gather in Cincinnati outside of the hospital where he is still in critical condition, DeMar Hamlin, that is, after going to cardiac arrest on the field last night. If you missed our discussion with Dr. Brian McDonough in our last hour, obviously you can download the Maggie and Perloff podcast. If you're on the Odyssey app, you can hit rewind. I think that was the best explanation I've heard of, or not I think, I know, it was the best explanation I've heard of what could have happened last night, what happened on the field, and what the first responders did to help save DeMar Hamlin's life. 
and what is happening now in, in the range of outcomes that, and hopefully we're hoping for the best outcome, which would be just a full recovery. That was excellent from Dr. McDonough. I encourage everyone to go listen if you're interested. Yeah, I, I find it very interesting to the NFL process. Uh, he said there's basically key things that could happen on the field, getting a player oxygen, obviously CPR. Uh, and actually a big takeaway from that, not to make light of it, is that he encouraged youth sports, everybody, Anyone yeah. who's playing a competitive physical contact sport to have uh, have basically safety equipment there because this could happen to anyone. Yeah, yeah defibrillator there, uh, which was which was scary. But you think about youth sports and you know it, it, it's not exactly it, you don't need a three hundred pound man to hit you for something terrible to happen. That was what I I took away from that. So hopefully yeah, and, people were listening to that. Yeah, and sorry to jump on the pearl. The other part too is that you know what was part of one of the many things that made last night so difficult to watch was just the unexpected, like this was an unexpected injury. And I feel like in a way that added to this, not that it is easy to watch head trauma or to watch ankles break or legs break. This isn't, there's nothing easy about that, but it was just how getting hit to the chest and then he stands up and then he falls immediately backwards and that was so shocking, along with the players' reactions to it, which was so heartbreaking. But it's not that's not just a football thing, as Dr. Madonna was talking about. Baseball, even down to Little League, you know, uh, hockey, ice hockey, roller hockey, whatever, lacrosse, like anything like that where you could get hit, you're Ooh. in a vulnerable spot. And, and unfortunate, it's just horrible luck and timing of when DeMar Hamlin may have gotten hit right as his heart was beating and that's what led to possibly this trauma oh a hundred percent you know it's it's interesting too one of the takeaways from last night was that i think we all pulled back from our fandom a little bit yeah and even you who is the biggest buffalo bills fan i know didn't seem to care about what happened the rest of the year i know that will come back in fact i'm a hundred percent positive that will come back <laughs> but we pulled back from our fandom and it did I think a lot of people, at least they were saying on Twitter, so who knows if this is true, but we're saying, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be yelling, hey, that guy's a bum, or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been so mad at Mark Ingram for running out of bounds and costing the Saints and Andy Dalton a chance to win the NFC South. Uh, that there's a, there's like, there's sports hate, and, yeah. but then you have to remember the humanity of the people playing, and these are real people. That all kind of came into focus a lot last night. Yeah, I think the the perspective, right? The perspective is... I'm a huge Bills fan. We talk about sports for a living. You know, we do this, but what more perspective do you need than it's a football game? That's it. Yep. This yep. is a football game compared to somebody's life. And how do you go on? And, you know, I always, even beyond last night, haven't you thought about this as you've watched? Like, just take last last weekend, for example. Josh Sweat from your Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yep. Card off the field. I mean, looked like a terrible injury. Unfortunately, we see these so often. I, we we sometimes talk about it in passing, like, how do these guys get back out and play? And, like, they have this way they can compartmentalize this violence and the sacrifices that everyone's making on the team around them. And last night, they couldn't compartmentalize. No. And that was all you needed to see. I mean, Josh Allen, visibly upset. Stephon Diggs, crying tears. Tredavious White, crying, like, tears rolling down their faces. They couldn't compartmentalize. Sean McDermott, the head coach, he looked like he was about to be sick. I mean, the fact that they could not hide that or weren't even attempting to told you everything you need to know that they shouldn't have played the game. And I, 
and I'm glad they didn't. And I wonder if we give more thought to that in the future. Yeah, I, there's a. Uh, it's a great point about compartmentalizing it. There was uh, many touching moments. Seeing guys cry is an indelible image. We won't forget. Also, the way Joe Burrow and Josh Allen hugged each other. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, the lines between two teams got completely blurred. And you you hear a lot of ex-players talk about the brotherhood. And at the end of the day, when they all retire, those guys are probably closer than any. I mean, you you know, there's yeah. like a secret language. You, you know, you've mm-hmm. worked with a lot of football players. You know, it's yep. different. You can be very close friends with them, but it's just different with somebody who played in the league. And it doesn't matter if they, you know, on the field, when they're going against each other, of course, they're bitter rivals, but after it's all done, man, there is a closeness there that you saw last night. Absolutely. And to be honest, like, yeah, my fandom, I, I still don't care about the outcome. I really yeah. don't. I, there's nothing. Or the number one seed, Maggie? Is that fair to no. say? Yeah, absolutely not. I, I say that, uh, no no lie at all. The, the guy, DeMar Hamlin, is laying in a hospital bed now. Who cares if the Bills have a, a, a first round bye? Like, it just doesn't mean anything anymore, you know? And, you know, I I, I think that's, I think that's, if there's a lesson here, I don't know if yeah. we're even into that stage yet or if we want to talk about that, but is that not the point? Like, you know, yeah. it just can't be, a, it can't be about the trivial things. Well, right. But I do think we're going to get back to caring about it. I mean, that's what sports, that's, that's what it's there for. It's entertainment, but we care and, yeah. It's more than just entertainment, too. We're really pa- – I mean, you're a passionate Bills fan. I, I think we're going to get back to that. I mean, I was going to say – yeah, I see from your perspective, what's the difference if the Bills blow a lead in Kansas City or if they blow the lead in Buffalo to the Chiefs? I knew you were going to say it. I yeah, knew yeah. you were going to say it. Because uh, it's just it. – it's inevitable because I've, <laughs> I'm aware of what this franchise does <laughs> in playoffs. No, no, no. I, I, but, I but, can't uh, – even today for a loss. Even today. No, I, I don't – but, uh, you know, right, last night it did feel trivial, but I don't think trivial is the right word because, uh, you know, like your Uncle Wayne, a Bills fan, yeah. is there any, and that's what you, you love your Uncle Wayne and part of his identity is a Bills fan. So it's, it goes way beyond trivial, but there is a way to get a perspective where it's important, but not not life and death important like last night was. Yeah, and and that was front and center. Let's go to the phones, 855-212-4CBS. Nadal's calling from Dallas, Nadal, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, we're hanging in. What do you have for Good. us? Happy New Year to you both, and oh, uh, Perlov. Thank and, you. You know um, this uh, this deal with uh, with Hamlin. It's just it's just shocking. You know, I was watching with my son uh, live. You know, just like everybody else. And well, let me give you some context. I'm I'm a soccer fan. I'm a international soccer hooligan, and this I've seen this happen before. Uh, back in the, a couple years ago in the Euro Cup, um, a main player from the Denmark team had a cardiac arrest on the team uh, during the game. And the same thing happened. Both teams wisely surrounded the player, you know, to prevent um, any video footage from being uh, seen. And uh, they visually cried and, and prayed and everything. And now the gentleman, he, he Christian Eriksen, he survived and he played five months later. He returned to his European team and, and playing well uh, so far. And I pray to the Lord Almighty that, that Mr. Hamlin, you know, uh, experiences the same uh, thing. Um, but I, I, I did have to send my 14-year-old son to his room. I, didn't want, I did not want to see him um, view this with, with uh, Mr. Hamlin. 
during the last night's game uh, because we went through hell, you know, watching the Euro Cup two years ago, and I did not want my son traumatized again. You know, it was just so tragic and it was just unbelievable. And I pray for his mom to that she went through this. But um, anyway, I'm I'm a I don't know if you remember me. I established uh, I'm a, this is my third time calling with you guys from the Tyree Kill trade from Kansas City fan. Um, yeah. But uh, I you know as a Kansas City diehard, I am praying long and hard for Buffalo and for Mr. Hamlin and his his mom. And we're we're all rooting for him and. And you know, my 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 father is a retired surgeon, and I have siblings who are um, are in the medical field. And what they're telling me is, um, you know, he's, you know, he might be okay, God willing. But uh, then the question becomes, you know, what kind of mental, you know, what kind of damage uh, transpired yeah. during that, you know, thirty to sixty seconds when I know. the defibrillator and the, dollar- and the CPR was occurring. We were talking and, to uh, uh, Dr. Brian McDonough in the last hour, and, and we appreciate you calling in and sending out your you. prayers and um, the every minute, right? And and it's yep. every minute that you have lost oxygen is going to start taking a toll on your vital organs, yeah. right? And how how interesting talking about how the brain is the first thing protected, and then organs start, you know, this is obviously more of a medical conversation, but start getting, you know, kind of shutting down in order of importance. It, the body is incredible. And what we're hoping is that the first responders did such an incredible job that, you know, that DeMar Hamlin is going to be like Christian Erickson and be a success story where you see a guy who literally died on a soccer pitch, came back to life, and then was playing in the World Cup. And that's the greatest outcome, I think, that we all can hope for. Yeah, let's hope that that what's happened. And also... I mean, DeMar Hamlin obviously doesn't need to play again. His life story and what he's done for his community, too, uh, he's already a big success story. And I think, well, I hope that he becomes an even bigger success story for what he could mean to people and what he does mean to people. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Now, normally, Perloff and I both try to guess who Stu has made the Navy Federal Defensive Player of the Week. We're all shifted over now. So Stu's producing, and Pat Boyle is now responsible mm. for Navy Federal and I'm at home in New Jersey as I'm recovering from COVID. Perloff is in the studio in New York. And I opened up the email and I saw the Navy Federal player. Oh, no. So I spoiled Spoiler. it for myself. Oh, I know. I love. I didn't even mean to. I love every week, all season long, Maggie, be like, oh, I forgot to think about this. And meanwhile, I'm taking <laughs> copious notes on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. Now, okay. Perloff's watching every fourth line in hockey, yeah. just trying to find the defensive player. So I know how I know exactly how Stu Kovacs thinks. I could pick his defensive player of the week anytime. Now Pat yeah. Boyle is a Notre Dame fan, and I watched that game against South Carolina, and there was no defensive player <laughs> of the week there. So Pat, no. that would be a crazy stretch. That would be a crazy stretch. That was a huge win for the Irish. And if I may here really quickly, if they get Sam Hartman, yes, and an offensive coordinator, yes, Notre Dame will be in the college football playoff. Uh, Tommy Reese is a good, good dude, though. But okay, Wait, four teams or twelve team. teams? Which one? <laughs> four teams. Four teams. Tommy Reese is a good dude, but his red zone play calling is atrocious. Yeah. Okay. So, I immediately I was watching football on Sunday, and Kyle Duggar had the the interception for the Patriots, kind of sort of put their back into the playoff picture. And I I said to myself, Stu's going to pick Kyle Duggar, uh, the Patriots safety. I just knew yeah. it deep in, but I don't know if Pat would. Because Pat doesn't think like Stu. He's got a completely Can different orientation. Can I give you a hint? Yes. Can I give you a hint? Yes. There, there, this, is where I, this is what I'm getting a little from, Pat. It's not just that the play had to be good, but someone else had to suffer as a consequence. Oh, is it Kayvon Thibodeau? Is it Kayvon Thibodeau? No. No. Okay. You were right in the same – you're in the same division. Okay. So, so All right. So, let's see. Defensive player of the – same division – with the Patriots or the Giants? Oh, the Giants. Ah, oh, you said Kyle Duggar? Yeah, yeah. Never so mind. Was- Sorry, that's not correct. Oh, same, that's, oh no, not I'm, even the right conference. Same. <laughs> Actually, somebody threw out Chris, try, jo- Chris Jones. Uh, it can't be Nick Bosa. I, I, I'm lost. It is the same conference, not the same division, but same conference. So okay. it's in the AFC. Huh. They won, obviously. They won. Okay. On Sunday. Okay. They are not playoff bound. They're. Not oh, sorry. I was thinking about the bad thing that happened to the person was in the other conference. Yes. Okay. Wait. Now I'm more confused Pat, than I was at the beginning. <laughs> sorry so, about. So okay. But Go Pat's ahead. all. Pat's got a little. There's like a little. I, not revenge. That's not the right word. But somebody had to suffer a little bit as to be the defensive player of the week. Someone else had to suffer. So okay. So this defensive player probably maybe ruined some other team's playoff chances. Is that yes. They eliminated this team on Sunday, and the coach didn't even know it. Okay, so it's something against the Commanders and the yeah. Ah, jeez, I couldn't. I I tried to watch some of that game, and it was just so incredibly <laughs> brutal. Now everybody picked off. There were nine interceptions of Carson Wentz. So <laughs> who picked him off? I don't even remember. I'm going to say Miles Garrett. No. Well, well, I'll give you one more guess. Denzel Ward. Close. Yeah, Pat, I don't just know. reveal it. Second we're year safety to- from LSU. <laughs> Who? Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit? Okay. Seven, How many picks? Two picks? Seven tackles, one for a loss, two pass breakups, two picks. Now does yeah, but does picking Carson Wentz get you def- you know, that's the only <laughs> that's the only caveat. Still 
too easy. Yeah. No, he and was actually, throwing them all around. A lot of those plays were the Washington was at third and nine, and Carson Wentz is just like, I'm going to throw it as far as I can and see what happens. But the funny thing is, Deshaun Watson gets another win. Is Deshaun Watson doing anything for the Browns? I can't I can't really watch their offense right now, but uh, it's that's been a weird, bizarre story. And No, I like that's a good pick, Pat. Did you look at Kyle Duggar? Was I totally anywhere near, right? No, to be honest, the way I went through it is I was just kind of going through the, the scores yeah. and like the chronological order, and I went through a couple, and I was like, uh, nobody with like a huge game, and then I got to Browns Commanders, and I was like, oh, Wentz definitely got either yeah. like sacked six times to a couple <laughs> picks. And I, and Wait, I, can I just, I know this is an unpopular opinion, and this is from yesterday, but Ron Rivera basically got skewered by social media because he you know, had a gaffe where he didn't realize that the commanders could have been eliminated when the Packers beat the Vikings later that night. Yeah. Okay. That's not, it's not a great look. Okay. But here's something. If you're a coach and you're constantly preaching to your guys, Hey, it's all about us. All we have to do is go out and win and everything will take care of itself or whatever. Control what you can control. Does it really matter if he knew? No, I mean, I, he has all week now to figure out who to start at quarterback. This, who? Okay, he, so he didn't know. What does it matter? They lost the game to the freaking Browns. Like, that's that was the headline yesterday. I am 100% with you. Not only that, every coach, every, every player says one game at a time, one game at a time. All we're focusing on is this game ahead of us. Isn't that what coaches are supposed to say? So if he's really focused on the game ahead of him, he's not supposed to worry about all that stuff. So he's doing exactly what coaches are trained to do. That's Belichickian. I, I had no problem with it. If I could play devil's advocate, I think Please. it plays a factor because they played so poorly in the first half that if you know that if, hey, we don't turn it around, our season's over – Maybe you think about going back to Heineke. Well, I mean, he was, yeah. Listen, why they went to Wentz at all, I think, was that was head-scratching. Uh, Heineke I- did not look good at the end. Heineke cost him that last game, too. Again, the Giants and the other games, too, Heineke made a lot of mistakes. Okay, but Carson Wentz threw three picks. I mean, he cost him also. And I, I thought the Carson Wentz part of this was over. I-, I didn't understand why they were going back to him at all. And I, it was so that was head scratching. And yeah, you could have put it in Heineke, I guess, as like an all hands on deck kind of thing. But I, I didn't get the sense that that's maybe you're right. Maybe they didn't have the urgency and the desperation. But I, I got the sense this Carson Wentz decision got made before the game. And that was the move, no matter what was happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it because I, I thought Heineke was sort of the that pumpkin was smashed. That was not happening anymore. I Honestly, I don't know if it made a big difference. That's not a great team, the Commanders. Let's re- keep that in mind. You <laughs> when, think? Yeah, I think that I'm not sure it mattered who was playing quarterback. Man. So the other part of this, yeah, because like the other thing about Heineke, yeah, he didn't play well against the San Francisco 49ers, who have the best defense in the entire league. I mean, I, I thought he still deserved to, to start, but – What's interesting about now what happens next with the commanders and their whole quarterback situation, did you see uh, about David Carr? David Carr, and we'll play you some of his clips a little bit later on in the show, but just really quickly, he gave this impassioned plea yesterday. Oh, my brother is definitely going to play again, Derek, but he wants to go to a place that where the ownership and where the head coach is everything stable. I'm like, well... <laughs> 
throw Washington out then. If you if that's really priority number one for your brother to go to a place where he's going to feel appreciated by the owner and by, well, I'm sure the head coach would, but by the owner and where there's this symbiotic relationship between the two, I don't think Washington is within a solar system of what you're looking for. Yeah, but uh, but this happens, believe me. I know a lot of people have had to sign with Washington because it's the only place it'll take you. That could very well happen to Derek Carr. <laughs> happened to Carson yeah. Wentz. Uh, I believe, you know, happened to my buddy. They traded for Wentz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but he wasn't going to start anywhere else. I, honestly, I, I think Derek Carr is not going to be able to pick his place. But we could get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into it later because we want to break now. Coming up on the other side of the update, Peter King from Football Morning in America is going to join us. Obviously, he's super plugged in with the league. So we get the latest on, obviously, DeMar Hamlin as we're all awaiting hopefully good news out of the University of Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati Medical Center. And then ultimately, the decisions that are facing the NFL moving forward with regards to the Bills-Bengals game. So don't move. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. It's been a tough day. It hasn't even been 24 hours since we watched DeMar Hamlin leave the field last night in Cincinnati in the back of an ambulance. He's still in ICU at University of Cincinnati Medical Center where he's receiving care and still in critical condition. We welcome now Peter King, Football Morning in America, and of course, the preeminent NFL writer in the country. Peter, thanks so much for doing this today. And, you know, Perloff and I are texting last night. I'm texting with my friends and family who are Bills fans, I can't imagine who you must have been in communication with. What was going on with you personally as we're all watching this unfold in Cincinnati? Nothing really, Maggie. I was just watching. I was not reporting uh, last night as it happened. It struck me that as this went on, this is one of those times, and rightfully so, where uh, teams kind of close ranks and uh, I think we should, at least this is the way I look at it, I think we should respect uh, at a time like this their desire to not really say very much and to just let the situation play out. And I think that's what's happening today. It's one of those things that I, I, I honestly feel like we'll find out about this when we're supposed to find out about it, I think. Sometimes in this huge social media avalanche of a world, uh, the best thing to do is just to sit by and and live with the sounds of silence for a while. Now, Peter, you've been covering the league for a long time, and you've seen a lot of different things. Uh, what was your sort of emotional reaction to seeing this kind of devastating injury? You know, obviously, Andrew, I, I had not seen that before because I don't think it has happened before. And what really struck me is that the, the couple of very quick shots on ESPN of the urgency that uh, that you could see in the medical responders' uh, faces and movements and the fact that so many players from both teams were so emotionally overwrought this was not a torn ACL. This was not a broken rib. Uh, this was a life and death situation. And, and look, I mean, you know, one thing I've learned uh, today uh, so far is that at every NFL game, there are about 29, at least 29 medical personnel, several EMTs are there. Um, you know, there's all sorts of medical personnel. There's even an emergency intubation specialist at every NFL game, which I never knew before. And, and so I think 
I think as crazy as it sounds, if you're going to have an injury where your heart stops on a football field, it's not a bad idea to do it at an NFL stadium during an NFL game. And I don't mean to be flipped there at all. If I am, I apologize. But but they they really, I thought, did a very quick job and a good job in stabilizing him, uh, getting him to a level one uh, trauma center two miles away. I, you know, I think, and look, I don't know what's going to happen. None of us know what's going to happen. But I think that uh, I think that with what we saw last night, it, it was the best of what the NFL can do medically for people. Peter King is joining us. You're right. The, the first responders, the look on the players' faces is what immediately tipped off everyone watching at home. I and mean, we were watching Josh Allen look like he was devastated. Stephon Diggs has tears rolling down his eyes. Same with Tredavious White. Sean McDermott looked like white like a all the blood had left his face you know like he he looked like he'd seen a ghost it was it was really really difficult to watch and I'm curious Peter I mean we're still all waiting to see what happens with DeMar Hamlin that is first and foremost there's nothing that is more important than this man's young life at all I'm just curious what do you think are the conversations that are happening now at the league like they had to make the quick decision last night to cancel the game postpone the game however you want to put it um which was the right one Obviously, what do you think the conversations that they're having today? I thought it was absolutely the right decision for the NFL to say that um, this game is not going to be played this week. I, I, I will be surprised if this game is played, period. Uh, yeah. I just don't. It just would upset so many apple carts. Um, you know, but again, I think where I fall on this, Maggie, is that I think we all have to, if everybody is going to say, hey, listen, the health of DeMar Hamlin is far and away the most important thing here, then don't say in the next breath, hey, it'd really be unfair if the Bills only play 16 games and Kansas City plays 17 and Kansas City gets the number one seed and the week off, that's not fair. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't you just say that the only thing that really matters is the health of DeMar Hamlin? Then don't right. say in the next breath that, oh, this is unfair. It's not go- if, if they don't play this game and they make a decision about the playoffs and what this means, it's not going to be fair to everybody. Everybody just needs to understand that. Maggie, this reminds me very much of two and a half years ago when I was doing reporting almost every day about what the NFL was going to do about the schedule uh, in the days of COVID. And I remember distinctly somebody very high up in the league telling me it's not going to be the worst thing in the world if a couple of teams play 13 games and other teams play 16 games. That was the last year of the 16-game schedule. And I believe that the precedent mentally has been set inside the NFL that everybody doesn't have to play the maximum number of games we can, we we we'll figure out something, whether it be just giving one team or other the home field or doing a coin flip or something. I I don't I don't know, but I'm not really that concerned about it. I just think that I think that it would be really hard to try to figure out a way to wedge this game in and continue playing, and unless they they move the playoffs back a week, and I think that presents 
logistical problems that are huge. Talking to Peter King, of course, NBC Sports. Uh, When you look at the bigger health picture, health and safety picture of the NFL, we have a caller who's actually holding on the line who said maybe the NFL should rethink how many games are played, you know, now that we have 17 games do you think there's the going to be out of the bottle, Andrew? It's yeah. There's no going back, right? And, I mean, I, yeah. I, look, I I think playing 17 games is positively, absolutely absurd, injurious to the players. But just remember one thing: players signed off on it, they voted for it. Whatever. I think uh, 908. I forget. It was a very close vote. But nine, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna guess. You can look it up. But 986 players voted for this deal, which included a 17 game schedule. So don't don't go telling me. Oh, never mind. The NFL is not going back on that. But I think it's ridiculous. I think anybody who talks about an 18 game schedule absolutely unequivocally does not care. They only give lip service to the health and safety of the players in this game. And the players should just say, we're not going to 18 games, forget it. Uh, so, but, but, Andrew, one last thing I would say about this injury. This is not necessarily an injury that is because players are playing more games. I mean, obviously, the more games you play, the more chances you have to get hurt. I get that. But this, is an, is a, it, I, this injury has not happened, I don't think, since Reggie Brown – more than 25 years ago in Detroit or however long it was ago. And, and so I don't, I don't know that, you know, no matter how many games you play, this could happen in the second game of a season. So I don't think there's anything to be drawn from that. Peter, Maggie and I were having a discussion pre-show. Do you think the sport is safer than it was say in the nineties and the two thousands with head injuries? I know they're taking a lot of precautions. There's a lot more reporting, but then we had two of this year. It, are the health and safety protocols working generally? I think so. I think it's impossible to make this game pristinely safe. It just is. It just It's people. Bruce Smith once described it to me. I play a game every Sunday where I'm in 60 car crashes. And so, you know, if you want this game to be real, you are going to have to have a situation where you you understand that there is going to be significant risk involved every time you play. Uh, and look, the NFL spends far more time than when I started covering the league on health and safety, far more. And I don't know how, how we can get more safe. As, as I say, it's ridiculous that they increase the number of games so that is a black mark on the NFL and a black mark on the NFL PA. But, uh, and if they do 18 games, they all deserve whatever fate befalls them. You know, greed, uh, it's just like what Mark Cuban once said. But again, I don't know how you can make this game a whole lot safer. The one thing I would say, Andrew, they're discussing and researching and doing a lot of work right now on position specific helmets. And you know how Tua's head is snapped back twice this year, hit the field, and that is how, theoretically, he has gotten concussed on two separate occasions. The the position-specific helmet for a quarterback would significantly increase the padding 
on the back, inside the back of the helmet. It would make the helmet look different than the current helmet a quarterback wears because they would make it far more safe. They would make it significantly safer for a quarterback. Not to say he couldn't get injured with his head snapping back, but he would have a lot more cushion when his head does snap back. Peter, I mean, it's crazy because we all collectively watched this, you know, as a football-watching society last night, and it's kind of, like, traumatic for everybody, us far less than what's going on in the field, obviously, and with DeMar Hamlin and his teammates and coaches. But is the NFL at all concerned that we've now watched these traumatic things and it's getting harder and harder to just move past them. You mentioned yeah. Tua watching DeMar Hamlin. Are they concerned about what lies ahead for the NFL as we're all watching these devastating injuries? I don't know what they can do. You either choose to take a risk and to play the game, and you choose if you watch the game to understand that a devastating injury could happen in any game you watch. I don't know what alternatives there are, Maggie. I and I don't know. I think it. I think, with all due respect to the question, I don't really think there's very much you can do about it. You can't put. We're already screaming about how ridiculous the roughing the passer calls are, and how if you touch a player in the helmet, you get called. You, you know, they've already really softened an awful lot of the things that we're used to seeing in NFL games, which I also, which I think 80% of the time is fine. Uh, but, I, but I also think that it's hard to put these guys in hermetically sealed containers and make them play flag football. So I don't really know all that much else that can be done, except I really think there needs to be a push as much as they can for position-specific helmets. Yeah, that's really interesting. Peter, thank you. You know, we texted yesterday, said, wow, it was such a fun column on Monday. <laughs> we had all these things we wanted to talk with you about, about the league. But, of course, the DeMar Hamlin story takes front and center precedent. Thank you so much for joining us today and, and for lending no your problem, perspective. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you, Peter. That's interesting about the helmets. I yeah, read that. that's really interesting. And, and obviously – the quarterback gets all the attention. I'm curious what other position. I do love seeing like Tom Brady wears the big helmet now. Uh, you Aaron Rodgers too. Yeah, that that is that's encouraging. Uh, so then again, as Peter did point out, there's no way to make it 100 percent safe or even 60 percent safe or 70 percent safe. I, I'm curious. I, I don't really understand the padding. What difference that will make necessarily because of the next snaps. But what anyway? It's it's never going to be all there. But yeah, well, that, and that the was other part. We were talking with Dr. Brian McDonough earlier in the show who was kind of walking us through this injury, and he just walked through, for DeMar Hamlin, that is, just about the awful timing. I mean, the just terrible luck of where he got hit, when he got hit, and how that – Yeah. What what could have stopped that? Maybe some better pads there? They should look into everything, obviously, now. And, but it's like th this was also just a terrible circumstance, and hopefully – you know, it's one that he's going to walk away from. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there, you know, Peter said it was 25 years since it last happened on the field, so you can't plan for anything like that. Uh, yeah, that, that was. You could tell Peter had some had some real kind of emotion talking about this and some frustration. But uh, yeah, now we're all we're all rooting for him. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.